Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, back in studio after a day away. We're at the Oyo, the Underground Lounge, our Monday night football spot. Appreciate everyone that came out and checked out the Ravens and the Saints game on the many TVs that they have. But back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, very happy to be here on this kind of weird-looking weather, a little windy, a little rain here and there kind of day here in Las Vegas. But uh, happy to be with you for the next three hours. And let me tell you, it has been a busy day Already, Myself, JT The Brick, and Lincoln Kennedy, we recorded our uh, Raider Roundtable earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. Uh, also did a little bit of a, a segment before I did that, and I don't even really know what it's called, but I uh, had a little bit about a, probably about 30-minute conversation back and forth in the TV studio side of things when it came to the Raiders HQ. That was a room that I had never been in before, so it's like, it's like I opened and discovered a new door, right? It's a whole new world in there, so I uh, had an opportunity to go in there and uh, do a little Q&A sitting down and have a little conversation back and forth and I'm not exactly sure what it's called but when I find out the details of it I'll actually pass along the information who did you even talk to I talked to my guy Eddie not Eddie Pascal but Eddie McGee so there you go (laughs) DeMond's like okay (laughs) I'm gonna let you have that one because it seemed like you ain't got that many details and you just named a person I've never heard of no no he he works there uh, with the Raiders organization and uh, on the you know on the entertainment side of things you know with the the dot com and everything and the different uh, you know podcasts and the TV studio and all that good stuff and so what had happened is I was just asked hey can you come in and talk about the Raiders like I want to ask you some questions about the Raiders I said sure it's what I do so why not I'm one of those dudes Damon, you should know by now. All you got to do is wind wind me up and just let me go. Right? I don't really have to have a whole lot of instructions. I just go. Is this going to be televised anywhere? Like, were there cameras on you? Yeah, there was a camera on me. In the TV room. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was in a different room, man. It was, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm expanding my horizons. I'm learning new things. Did they tell you where to look? No. Oh, at the camera, you mean? Yes. No, I just looked at Eddie. I just... Cause that's who I am, man. I'm a, I'm a sit down and let me let me look at you type dude. But that's what it was. It was just a conversation. So we had a lot of fun, and it's kind of part of a a series that they're doing. I do know that much, and we just kind of emphasized on you know the the last run of games going back all the way to like the Kansas City game to you know where the Raiders are right now. So it was a lot of fun. Look, man, if you just call me up and say, "Q, are you available for this? Can you do this? Can you be here at this certain time?" I'm just like, "All right, I'm there." So that's what I did. And now here we are for the next three hours. We get to rock with you on the radio station, Raider Nation Radio 920. Of course, a lot going on. As soon as we wrapped up the roundtable, of course, and this happens every Tuesday, I promise you what I'm going to start doing, because we record the Raider roundtable that is available right now, but I suggest you don't go listen to it or watch it until 501. And you can actually hear that right here on Raider Nation Radio 920 as well, as soon as Unnecessary Roughness is over. As soon as that show gets wrapped up, and I think once it gets produced and put together, then Raider News drops. It happens every time, every single time. I don't know why that is. I used to say this when I was in Central Texas and my show was called Unnecessary Roughness. We were noon to two, right? But noon in Central Texas is, what, 10 a.m. to 12, our time here. So it was so funny. Every single time the show was getting ready to wrap up, there'd be five minutes left in the show or it'd be five minutes after the show wrapped up, some major news, whether it was local or national, would break. And I used to get so angry. I'm like, why? Why? Can we not get one thing to happen while we're on the air? Just one. 
or maybe even before we go on the air so we have a whole show to talk about it. Never, never, until we got hit with a bunch of stuff we didn't want to talk about, which was all the Baylor, you know, the all that, uh, all that, uh, yeah, that, that mess that nobody wanted to be involved in. And it's like, hey, guess what, guys? You got some more to deal with. Didn't want to do that, but... You know, here it is. So we find out a little while ago that Jonathan Abram gets waived, former first-round draft pick. It's another former first-round draft pick, no longer with the silver and black. Don't think that it was a big surprise that he gets waived or he's not back with the team, especially after they declined his fifth-year option. I think the biggest surprise for Raider Nation, of course we'll hear from you throughout the course of the show, is just the timing of it. I think that that's probably the biggest surprise for everyone is just like, why right now? And, And for me... When you put Devon Diablo on the IR yesterday, and I know that Jonathan Abram is not a linebacker, but he has linebacker-type tendencies as, as far as I'm concerned. So the timing to me seems a little strange just because I would think that you would need as many bodies, as many guys as possible, all hands on deck because, you know, you're on the struggle bus right now. And, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. They're on the struggle bus, especially defensively, so they probably need as many guys as possible. But clearly, there's some that they saw at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, some that they're saying in, in those walls and at the practice facility and on game film that they said, you know what? We don't need this guy right now. And so uh, that's the nature of the beast. That's how this game, this business goes. You know, and I say this business, I mean the NFL. That's just how it happens. You know, and you're seeing a lot of guys across the league being waived right now. So obviously, the, the powers that be are a lot smarter than us. So they know why they do the timing, but it's fair for us to question, like, why now? (laughs) Right? Why right now? So, of course, we'll talk about that throughout the course of the show. But we have so much to get to, Raider Nation, as we have planned uh, a lot on the show today. Derek Schultz, uh, he does does sports radio there in Indianapolis. I talked about uh, him and other guys that cover the Colts yesterday, and I was saying I was trying to get them on the show to talk about what's going on in Indy, as that's the next team up on the schedule for the Silver and Black. And normally we don't start turning the page to the next opponent till Wednesday, but with all the things going on with Indianapolis, it was like, man, I got to start immediately because I have four or five days worth of stuff to talk about. So Derek Schultz, he does a lot of good work there in Indy. He's going to join us at 2.30 to talk about what's going on. Jeff Saturday is the interim head coach. You know, what they're going to do. They have a play caller coming to town that's never called plays. They have uh, Sam Ellinger uh, as the quarterback. You know, he's a really probably a third-string quarterback. He's a, the quarterback that's going to be starting. So just there's a lot going on in Indy. We'll talk to Derek Schultz at 2.30 about that. At 3 o'clock, our normal Tuesday guest is John McClain from GallerySports.com, Sports Radio 610. He'll talk all things NFL. But, Damon, what do you think John McClain is going to want to lead off with? Maybe the Houston Astros. We'll go ahead and roll out the orange carpet for him. <laughs> right, exactly. Just, just let him go. He might want to have a little couple minutes to brag about the Astros, right? And and matter of fact, GalleriesSports.com, who he works for, is owned by Mattress Mac. Mattress Mac, I don't know if you noticed, he's in the news lately. He won a $75 million in a, in a wager that he placed on the Astros winning the Super Bowl. So he won 75 mil. Mm-hmm. $75 mil. I don't know how old Mattress Mac is. I'd like to say it's probably a million dollars for about his, his age. I would like to think he's probably close to 70 or older. Yes. Man. Must be nice. I wonder what he's going to do with it. Must be nice. We got everyone uh, posted up in, uh, where are they, in Prim, trying to mm-hmm. get, a, uh, trying to get a, a ticket to the to Powerball. I guess, what, three people won in Cali? What, three people won? I, th- I think that's what I saw, three people won in Cali. I texted a friend last night and said, hey, man, if you're actually going to go, <laughs> I'll slide you 20. <laughs> that line was way too long, and then it got pushed back. They didn't even have the drawing right away, so uh, I guess they had some kind of technicality or something. But I, I saw I saw uh, something tweeted out from friend of the show Carolina Teague saying that three people won in Cali, and she was like, "That's a little suspicious." 
So clearly she was in on the Powerball. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, the wife actually texted our daughter, Belle, and was like, hey, go buy us some tickets. And she's back in Texas. So we're like, here, we'll sell you some money. Gone and gone and hook us up. Clearly, that didn't pay off for us either. So <laughs> there you go. I would be too skeptical or suspicious of anybody. I couldn't even trust family. I told you what we did with Cassie. Remember, remember did we tell you what we did with Cassie? All, oh, yes. all of us in the media room, when Cassie was going to Cali, we're like, man, she can't. And it's so funny. Cassie really, she got us. And at first I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to get in on this. She was basically taking 20 bucks from everybody in the in the media room. And she was going to go to Cali and she was going to go buy some Powerball tickets. And I kept thinking, I ain't going to win anyway. So why am I going to waste my 20 bucks? But then everyone's like, all right, well, here's 20 bucks. All right, well, here's 20 bucks. So then push comes to shove. I'm looking around and I'm like the last of the Mohicans that haven't put in $20. So then I'll be like, you know what? My dumbass luck. I'll be the one, right, that doesn't put in 20 bucks. And Cassie happens to win. And everyone's like, yeah, we're rich. Q. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Q. Sorry, you didn't put in. <laughs> so I, I like peer pressured myself into putting in $20. And of course, we didn't win. But of course, you know, it was it was it sounded good. We started we always start thinking about, well, what would you do? What would you do if you if you won? Right. That's that's always the first conversation, man. I should have known. I should have just kept that 20 bucks in my pocket, man. But, you know, and then again, if I had have, then everyone would have won but me, and I'd have been angry. So, anyway, John McClain will join us at 3 o'clock. We'll uh, talk all things NFL, but, of course, he'll talk a little Houston Astros to start things off, get a little bit of shine. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor from the Morning Tailgate and the, uh, the RJ, he'll join us at 3.30 uh, talking about the Jonathan Abram news. You know, like, why is now the time when Jonathan Abram needed to be waived? Why now did Dave Ziegler and company decide, okay, this is good to make this move right now? Do they have someone coming up? You know, on the show yesterday, we talked about realistic moves that can happen. And we have multiple people call in and say, well, you know, like to see some other guys. If these guys aren't getting it done on the field, like to see some other guys. Maybe they found somebody in practice. Maybe they found multiple guys in practice and they're saying, you know what? These guys could fill that void and will actually do Jonathan Abram a solid. And, and that's another thing to think about. When everyone's talking about the timing, including myself, they could be doing Jonathan Abram a solid. They could be saying, you know what? You're not part of the future. We've already reduced your playing time. We have a couple guys that we feel like can fill that void. We're going to let you go ahead and get out there and have an opportunity to latch on with another team. Because they tried to shop them at the trade deadline. We all knew that. And just nobody nobody bought. Nobody was able to, you know, to, to pull the trigger or wanted to pull the trigger on the trade. So maybe they're saying, hey, you know, not part of the future. Go ahead and, and clear waivers or whatever the case may be. Let someone clear, claim you off waivers. And, and then you can start, you know, with another team and, and kind of have a, a step forward instead of just playing with this team throughout the rest of the year and then getting released at the end of the season. I don't know. Well, it's the same thing that we see with Sidney Jones, but we're looking at it from yeah. the other end of it because the Raiders point. are releasing Jonathan Abram. Right. So we're looking at him as, hey, man, you know, as Andrew Brandt said, if another team doesn't want him, what's wrong with him? Yeah. But, you know, another team's, you know, you get that release for Sidney Jones. He gets released from the Seahawks. Yeah. A same amount of reasons. They're doing him a solid. You don't have a place in the rotation here. And the Raiders are like, hey, man, he's going to be a good addition to this defense. And maybe some other team's going to be looking at Jonathan Abram the same way. They could. They really could. Got a text right now. 69187, keyword R&R from the 209. Only one person, bro, roughly won $427 million after taxes. Wow. I didn't know that. Like I said, I just saw the, the tweet from... Carolina Teague, and she said that three people from Cali won. So one person, $427 million. Yeah, I could, I could use that. $427 million is, is a nice amount of money. Would you go lump sum or would you go of like course. payout? Of course. I'm not guaranteed to live 20 days, let alone 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> but you know you have to go. In, you are 
The only person that would go 20 years would be my wife because she'd be like, oh, it's a great investment. No, no, you big dummy. You go and get as much as you can get right now. As much as, because you ain't guaranteed tomorrow, especially after some of your family and friends find out that it's you that won. You really ain't guaranteed to, to last too long. Man, come on. If I win that money, I want, I'm like that commercial. I want my money. I want it now. Right? I don't care what it is. Take as much as you need. Right? Take as much as you need from it. That's fine. Just give me, give me something I'll never see in my life anyway. Right? $427 million. Dog, me, you, your mama, my mama, and like half our families combined will never earn that much money. Straight up. And I don't know what anyone does, but I promise you, ain't nobody going to make that kind of money. I'll take that right now. Well, you're only getting half of it. Fine. <laughs> I'm not that greedy. <laughs> uh, do you understand the numbers that are coming out of my mouth? $427 million roughly after taxes? So be it. So be it. I'll be a tax paying fool, right? <laughs> you kidding me? I'd make the first trip to Finley Cadillac. Be like, I'm ordering that 2025. Go on and start putting it together right now. 2025? Yeah. But, sir, it's not out yet. $427 million says it is. (laughs) $427 million says it's out right now, and you're going to get on it. Money talks. Just saying. Yeah, I know. That's I got a problem. I'm okay with that. As long as you understand and you admit your problems, that's that's the first way of fighting that problem. Lincoln Kennedy will join us at 4 o'clock. He was also on the Raiders roundtable earlier with JT and myself uh, talking all things Raiders. And Lincoln, uh, we get him twice a week. Talk to him on Tuesdays about the game that happened. Talk to him about the status of the team. We'll talk to him about John Abram. And then, of course, we'll uh, look ahead on Thursday when we have him, and we'll talk about the game coming up. But there's a lot to get to when it comes to Lincoln Kennedy. He shared a funny story on uh, on the roundtable today. Again, you can check that out coming up after this show around 5 o'clock. If you want to hear the audio version, it's on the, radio's, the Raiders' YouTube as well if you want to check that out. But he f- shared a funny story about Jeff Saturday getting the job with the Colts. He said he was flying back from Jacksonville, and he was getting texts about saying, hey, you're, you're the next Raiders head coach. You're the next Raiders head coach. And he was wondering, what in the world are they talking about? And then all of a sudden he found out that Jeff Saturday was, was lined up to be the interim head coach. And he said, people are saying, hey, I'm, I'm just as qualified as him. Why not? And he, he said he was a big fan of Jeff Saturday, like, you know, hell of a player. It's a fraternity. Of course, they were offensive linemen together and all that, even though they played on different teams. But he's like, man, <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand that higher. But Lincoln got a bunch of texts, a bunch of tweets, all kind of stuff with people saying, Lincoln, I guess you're going to be the next head coach of the Raiders. There you I go. mean, I think he's coached his son's team as well. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. The That's same all. amount of qualifications. There. It's so funny. Every time I listen to an interview on any sports station, I was just listening to uh, Canty and Carlin on ESPN, and they were talking to Nick Mangold, who used to be uh, the Jet uh, Center. Yeah, the Jet Center, right? And so he's retired. He's been a long time retired. And so they asked him. The first question was like, "Hey, are you rooting against Robert Sala? So just in case he gets fired, maybe you could be the next head coach." And he's like, "No, because Robert's doing a great job. But I do know if it goes south, I'm qualified now. So <laughs> <laughs> so offensive linemen across the across the country are uniting like." Man, I might be the next guy in that seat. Everybody's calling up the franchise's best offensive lineman in the past 15 years. Like, we got to get him on the show. Hey, man. Yeah, exactly. Find out if that guy's uh, ready to be a coach or something. So uh, Indianapolis did some things that most people didn't expect. But again, we'll talk to Derek Schultz coming up at 2.30 about that. So Derek Schultz at 2.30, John McClain at 3, Vinny Monsignor at 3.30, Lincoln Kennedy closes our guest lineup off at 4 o'clock. You'll also hear from Hunter Renfro, Foster Morrow, Jerron Harmon, locker room sound that Vinny sent over following the game on Sunday against the Jaguars, so you get all that on the show. Plus, we'll hear a little something-something from uh, defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, who uh, met with the media earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center with offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi. So as you can tell, oh, and by the way, 
We're going to get your calls and texts in as well. So as you can tell, we got a lot to get to on today's show. We're excited about it as we are each and every day. Let's go ahead and get into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So two questions here, and I think the first one is obvious. Want to know what your thoughts are on John Abram being waived. Again, I don't think the surprise that he's no longer with the team. I think the surprise is the timing of him no longer being with the team. So, of course, we want to hear from you on that. Uh, I, I mentioned it already that I'm pretty surprised that it happened right now, but clearly the team, the the coaching staff, uh, the front office, they know something that I don't know. So I want to know your thoughts on Jonathan Abram being waived. And I've asked this question again. I've asked this question before, but I want to ask it again. What do you want to see the rest of the way from the Raiders? There's nine games guaranteed. And in all reality, sitting there at two and six, there's nine games left. Right? I mean, let's just, again, call a spade a spade. There's nine games left. What do you want to see? We had people calling in yesterday, texting in yesterday. I want to see the young guys play. I want to see some some other dudes because this guy's not getting it done or that guy's not getting it done. What, from your standpoint, from you sitting at the couch or sitting at Allegiant Stadium or wherever the case may be, what would you like to see from the Silver and Black the, the rest of the way? And I say that before I open up phone lines, before I even go to text or check Twitter, I'm saying this in a realistic point of view. I like to live in reality around here. Right. I don't like pipe dreams. I don't like to think, uh, you know, stuff that just isn't isn't realistic at this stage of the game. So I'm not talking about, you know, see everybody get fired and burn it on down. I'm talking about with the rest of these nine games, with what you have, you know who your coaches are. You know what the players are. What would you like to see? How would you like to see them go out and execute? What would you like to see as far as them put on the field? Would you like to see some of the younger guys get an opportunity? If, if so, who are you looking at? Right? I mean, who are you looking at? Because it's easy to say, let someone else do it. Okay, who? Right? I like, to, I like to go a little bit deeper and think a little bit deeper and, just, and not just give a, a generic answer. Okay, if you want to see someone in for, say, Chandler Jones, who, who do you want to see get that burn? If you want to see somebody at that linebacker position, like I'm, I'm interested in where Masterson and Darian Butler are right now at this stage of the game. I really am. I'm interested. I know Masterson gets some burn, but Butler gets more special teams burn. I like to know where they are in the maturation and the and the picking up of the Patrick Graham scheme. You know, I did a podcast today where I was talking about the defense, and I went very defense heavy. And I, I first thing I said is I admit that maybe because of the Devontae Adams acquisition and the Josh McDaniels hire and. You know, a couple of other pieces, Chandler Jones added here and there, and Patrick Graham. I had a lot of respect for Patrick Graham from his time in New York and, and his time in the league. I just thought that he was a well-respected coach and that he was going to come in and do some really good things. As I started thinking about it and started looking at the personnel, and Patrick Graham talked about it today, I, I started thinking, like, does he really have who he needs? Is there really solid pieces at every position on that defense? And, you know, if you're being honest with yourself, it's, it's no. So right now he's doing what he can, I guess, with what he's got. But it's just got to be done better, right? I mean, that's, that's my expectations is that, okay, all you can do is look at what you got and, 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 and put them in whatever position you can to succeed. Okay, this is how we got to go operate. Even if it's not operating with what I know, this is all I have. So let me go ahead. If it, you know, if it's something that he feels like I don't have enough talent at this position to do what I want to do, he's got to figure out, okay, I, I do have enough talent. I got to just put them in position to do what they do best even if it's not what I'm comfortable doing. I mean, that's what, that's what the coach has to do. 
So that's kind of how I was looking at it from uh, a defensive side of things when it came to uh, the, the the podcast I did earlier this morning, the uh, Locked On Raiders podcast. But I did want you to hear a first soundbite real quick from uh, from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, who again met with the media earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And it's just about personnel issues because I do believe that we can all agree that there's some personnel issues when it comes to what they're trying to do defensively. So here's Patrick Graham talking about working around those personnel issues. You always got to anticipate that in this league. You know, it's a contact sport. And, you know, I mean, nobody. again, it always starts with it. Nobody's going to feel sorry for us, just like we wouldn't feel sorry for the other team. You know, so what we do is we try to teach the, you know, next man up mentality. And I think really what happens in our program, our young coaches, you know, Matt Feeney, you know, Matt Edwards, they do a lot of extra time with those young guys and making sure that they're going to be prepared when they get in there. And that's a big part of what we do with our program. Similar to most teams in the NFL, you let your young coaches, that's where they get a chance to really coach. You know, those guys get a chance to talk to those guys one-on-one because, you know, some young guys might be hesitant to come talk to the coordinator position coach. So it really starts with the growth there. And, you know, Josh has done a good job of hiring good young coaches that, and encouraging those guys to coach. There he goes. Patrick Graham talking about working around personnel issues. And more it sounded like he was talking about the assistants helping out, talking to the players and getting feedback from the players. And, you know, some I guess that could work. But you're also relying on really young coaches to relay the message or, you know, get inside the brains of a of an NFL player and exactly and figure out exactly how you put them in the best position and and how you coach up the young dudes. As he said, next man up mentality. And we all know how I feel about the next man up. I say it all the time. Right. If the next man was as good as the best, uh, the, the, the current man, he would be that guy. He would be the man instead of the next man. So, I mean, it's it's just it's one of those situations. And again, you go back to the releasing of Jonathan Abram and you re, you look back at all the first round picks that have been a wash for the Raiders. And, you know, I, I say that with all due respect. They've been they've been washes. You can go back in, in the history of first round picks going all the way back to Colton Miller and see who's still around. It's not many. Right. I mean, you got Josh Jacobs and you have Cleef Earl. Neither one of those guys got their fifth-year option picked up, and Colton Miller is the only one that got an extension. Going all the way back to, that was Gruden's first pick, was Colton Miller. All the rest of the first-round picks are gone. For one reason or the other, they're gone. And I know that it's not always about you have to hit on every pick because you don't. But man, you want to talk about building depth in your team, that's how you build the depth in your team. You know, we were talking about it briefly yesterday. I said, you know, we had a call say oh, it was a rebuild from the day one. It can't be a rebuild unless you hit on your draft picks, right? You don't rebuild through free agency. How you rebuild is you trade off your assets, you bring in a bunch of draft picks, you draft them, and you have a bunch of cheaper rookie contracts that you're building on. And then after you got that foundation laid, then you bring in some free agents to help out. Not vice versa. Not you don't go out and, and trade away draft capital, bring in high-priced free agents, and then say, okay, well, later on, we'll get rid of some of our other draft picks. It doesn't work. That's not how you rebuild anything. So their, their, their lack of success in the draft has put them in the position they're in right now. Yeah, and I just want to give the um, counter to anyone that says the Rams, they hit on their later round Their later picks. round picks, yep. They sure do. They hit on all of them just about. They, and that's been one of the misconceptions. And they're not rebuilding either. <laughs> the Rams ain't rebuilding. Mm-hmm. They're trying to go for a Super Bowl every year if they can, right? They're saying F those picks, at least those early ones. That's, that's what, not my words, his. The GM, <laughs> the GM had it on his shirt. That's what he said. And that's what he's going for. But they're, like you said, yeah, they're paying high-priced guys, but they're, they're building the core of their team with lower-level guys. And then 
when a team like the Raiders come come calling, they'll let a Corey Littleton walk in free agency and let the Raiders give him a big fat contract and have another linebacker that's there that was a undrafted guy or a fifth round guy or a sixth round guy. That's what they do. That's what they do really well. They do that. So that's that's the biggest key right there. Let's go out to the phone line, 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Nick. What's on your mind, Nick? Uh, so I was just calling. I'm thinking about this Jonathan Abram thing, and I, I think this kind of sounds like a Belichick move to me. This is like a Patriot thing. You you can make an example for the rest of the team by, by cutting this guy, by waving him. Yeah. And I just got, I got this feeling like maybe the idea is to show the rest of the team, if there's a locker room issue, if there's like a, a problem with buy-in, you, you take a guy that's a first-round pick and you, you let him go. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe that's part of the, what they're trying to sniff here. That that's I mean hey look that's a good thought right there. Thank you Nick for that call and, and that's that's not a that's not far fetched, <laughs> right? That could very well easily be that, especially with the guy who you don't think is going to be in your future because you declined his fifth year option. So uh, there's been times where Jonathan Abram has flashed. And there's been times where Jonathan Abram has looked really good. And I know I've gone on this show and I've complimented him multiple times. But there's also been times where it's like, okay, right? Like the Chiefs, for example, they look for him. They look for number 24. They're like, man, let's, let's go target that guy. And, and they do. And they take advantage of him. So I had someone tweet at me saying that the Chiefs and Travis Kelsey are upset that, they, that the Raiders released them just because they're so used to taking advantage of him. And that's just, that's just what they do. They, they, they look for the mismatch and they, take it and they exploit it. And that is a mismatch. Got a, uh, I got a text from my guy, Cisco. I agree with you, Q. Patrick doesn't have what he needs. However, as fans coming off a of playoff season, we are like, what the hell is going on? Totally understand, right? That makes all the sense of the world. And that's why going into the season, that's a great text, by the way. Going into the season, I was like, man, 10 wins, 11 wins. Like, this is what it's got to be. This is a playoff team a year ago. So you've got to, and John says it all the time. John McClain, before the season ever started, what do he say? There's a lot of pressure on that organization because they just went to the playoffs. And from the outside looking in, from a, uh, uh, from a point where he's at covering the league, or even fans looking in, it's like, wait a minute, hold on. You had a guy that took you to the playoffs, and now you're bringing someone else in. If you don't get instant success, you're going to hear the, the noise. It's going to be loud, and the questions are going to be loud. And guess what we have right now, Red Nation? A lot of loud noise and a lot of loud questions. So, yeah, to both points, that's right. John McClain and Cisco, thank you so much for that text. I appreciate it. 226 is the time. You got kind of time for one more or no? Yeah, we, let's get Eddie in L.A. in here. Eddie in L.A., welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? Just another head scratcher. I know we all know, we all talked about it, that he would either be released or traded and all that good stuff. But I don't know about sending a message that could be, but you're sending a message to a player that at least was playing, at least was trying, at least was getting things done. I, you know, I want to say he was the best at it. Obviously, we all know that. Um, I, unless this guy was a problem in the locker room, I, 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 it leaves you scratching your head because you need talent. So unless you're going to have talent behind him, to replace him, that are going to be, play at a higher level than he was. It only, it's only going to leave you with more questions. Right. If, he, if the talent behind him was better, what are they doing sitting and him starting? So it's just it's just the time of it all, the way the season is laying out. It just leaves you nothing else but scratching your head. We all know that Patrick Graham did not have all the players he wanted to build the defense. Same thing with McDaniel. So you ask the question, what do we want to see with the, la- the next yeah. eight, nine games, right? Mm-hmm. I want to see improvement. If this is what you're doing, then improve in the middle of the field. Because if you're going to get this, uh, him out, he, he's bad in coverage, then put someone in that's going to be a, an improvement on what you took out. Because if not, all you're doing is putting a Band-Aid. That's it. And you're risking what we just talked about yesterday, losing the locker room. I hope it's not. I hope this is a sign of things to come and players start getting it. 
get it in their head. They got to play. They got to live up to their contract. At the end of the day, they got to hold themselves responsible. Raider Nation, stay up, baby. Hey, good call. And you know what? Improvement is fair. That's very fair. I, I don't. I think that that is. You know, that hits it out of the park. That's a home run right there. That's a home run. That's not even on steroids. Home run, right? That's before Barry Bonds got on the juice. That's. I mean, that's a real good home run. It really is because that's that's what you want to see. You want to see improvement. And I don't know. I can't answer the questions that you asked about the locker room. I can't ask the questions about uh, if there's a guy better behind them. I don't think that they're started off as better guys behind them. But maybe at this point in, in, in week ten of the NFL season. Maybe the coaching staff says, hey, that guy's improved enough where he could fill that void, right? His, his snaps had already been reduced. So that's one thing to kind of look at. So I'm, already, I'm thinking that maybe it's a little bit of a combination of both. Uh, I know that he was a guy from my time in the locker room. I could tell you that he's a guy that all the, all the players were fans of, right? I mean, there, there wasn't any like he was standoffish in the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the locker room with the other players. So I'm sure that he was beloved in that locker room. But, you know, I, I don't know how he's coexisting with the, 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 the coaching staff. I mean, there's just there's a lot of questions that I can't answer. So, you know, we'll talk to Lincoln Kennedy, get his thoughts. We'll talk to Vinny Bonsignor. He's an insider, so he'll get a little bit more information than we will, and he'll, uh, he'll give you his thoughts as well. But coming up next, Derek Schultz. He'll join the show. We're going to take the party to Indy, find out what's going on with the Colts. It's Rare Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. I'm glad he doesn't have any NFL experience. I'm glad he hasn't learned the fear that's in this league. That's because it's tough for all our coaches. They're afraid. They go to analytics, and it gets difficult. I mean, he doesn't have all that. He doesn't have that, that fear, and there was no other candidate. We were fortunate that he was available, um, and he has tons of experience. I don't know how to make sausage. I don't know what goes into sausage, but I do know how to build a football team because I've been around for 52 years. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. I almost would ask you to run that back, but I, I don't, I don't want to hear Jim Irsay talking about how he knows or he doesn't know how to make sausage. I really don't. Really confusing. There's a lot of confusing things going on here in Las Vegas. There's a lot of confusing things going on in Indianapolis. So to help us break it on down, we have my good friend Derek Schultz, ISC Sportsnet, Schultz Star Sp- Show podcast at Indy Sports Star. Derek, you heard the sound bite. You've been covering this like a glove. Like I mentioned, there's a lot of weird things going on here in Vegas right now with the Raiders underachieving. But, man, it seems like there's more weird things going on in Indianapolis. What, what transpired yesterday to the best of your knowledge? You know, I almost reached out to you, Q, when that happened because I know you guys out there with the Raiders, you're not strangers to really weird press conferences. (laughs) Right. Um, This one was a weird one. Um, What was supposed to be an introductory press conference for Jeff Saturday, who I'm sure we'll get to, I mean, absolutely shocking that he was named the interim coach, turned into sort of a defensive, borderline, angry, I I would say almost like a a kiss-the-ring type rant for Jim Irsay, um, instead of a mea culpa for how poorly the Colts have played this year, this is the NFL's worst offense, um, it was more of a defensive and, and digging of, in of the heels, um, not only both for Irsay, but also for the general manager. He, he wanted to remind everybody that he knows exactly what he's doing and everyone else should shut up and we should just trust him. And when you look at the last eight years of Colts football, it's been a lot of middle, a lot of mediocre. And the bottom really fell out this year. So it's, 
it's hard to trust what's happening with a franchise that looks like it's broken right now. You know, with the firing of Frank Reich, and, you know, I understand that things aren't the way it's supposed to be. The offense isn't clicking, but he's had, what, seven quarterbacks in seven different years uh, there, or whatever the case may be. It's a bunch of different quarterbacks. How much of that is on him? And, and also, you know, going back to the GM in the front office. Yeah, look, I mean, you're, you're going to have to wear a little bit of it because it's a results business. And right. In year five, the bottom fell out. You know, Frank Reich, I think, did a very admirable job making chicken salad out of you-know-what right. in the first couple of years, notably with Jacoby Brissett, who's a backup caliber player. I think they squeezed every drop out of Phillip Rivers, a 38-year-old, after just a disastrous 2019 with the Chargers. He was terrific in 2020. Colts won 11 games. They, they pushed the Bills in Buffalo in the wild-card round. I mean, that, that was a good football team. 2021 had a lot of promise uh, into December, and then kind of like this season, the wheels just sort of fell off. Um, but ultimately, the way that things just completely dissolved this year, Reich being the offensive guru that he was, Reich being the so-called quarterback whisperer that he was, for it not to come together with Ryan and this offensive line and this run game and, this, and, and everything, I mean, offensively, for it to just crumble to the ground like that, I think Reich was the, the easiest scapegoat to, uh, to stand in front of the firing squad. Talking all things Colts right now with Derek Schultz here on Raider Nation Radio 920 and Necessary Roughness. My man DeMond's got one for you. You mentioned the word scapegoat, and I want to take it back to Marcus Brady, the former offensive coordinator who was fired earlier this season. Do you think the firing of him, Frank Wright, was trying to buy himself a little bit more time, but it, but it didn't matter because the walls were caving in on him? Uh, the timing is definitely strange because um, you would think that it, it, it's very rare, it seems, that a coordinator gets fired and then, what, six days later the head coach gets fired? You think that they would both uh, fall to the axe at the same time. Um, I, I just think, the, the, the Patriots lost. Here in Indianapolis, the Patriots were a big rival and, and still are. I mean, if you ask Colts fans who's the most hated team, it's not the Titans or the Jaguars or the Texans. It's New England because of the Brady-Manning years and Belichick and all of that. So for them to suffer that final indignity after getting dunked on already by Jacksonville and by Tennessee and to have just the worst offensive performance for this team in 25 years, I think that uh, sped up the timeline. I, I, I do think that the original intention was to keep Reich and Ballard through this year and see if they could fix this thing. But after Sunday, it became increasingly clear that this thing is just, it's just not salvageable this season. Yeah, you mentioned that it's just not salvageable and that the timeline has been sped up. But what is the exact timeline for Jeff Saturday to get this job in such a short period of time? When you have other How did he get – let's start yeah. there. How did Jeff Saturday get this job, Derek? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, he had a really nice uh, – I think it was a 6-5 and five season – in Georgia high school football in 2019, where his rush offense was pretty good. You know, no, I mean, it's, it's, I think I tweeted yesterday, and I don't mean this as a knock on Jeff Saturday, who is beloved here, a fantastic guy, um, did a lot of work with the NFLPA, has the respect of his peers, and is a borderline Hall of Fame caliber player as a center. Um, it's ridiculous that Jeff Saturday just gets handed an NFL job. Um, not since 1961 has anyone been given an NFL head coaching job without any college or pro coaching experience of any kind. So, wow. like, let's just get that out of the way. It's completely ridiculous. Um, apparently, piecing together what happened from the press conference last night, the timeline was they were trying to get Saturday on the staff as an O-line coach. They were trying to get him on the staff in the front office over the past couple of years and kept getting rebuffed. 
And then finally, I guess in the last couple of days, you know, this is Jim Ursay's call. I mean, Chris Ballard wouldn't have done something like this because of Ursay and Saturday's relationship. They went ahead and, and got things moving with, with Saturday as the, the interim head coach. And to my knowledge, uh, Saturday was, what, a consultant with the organization right now? Or before that? Uh yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if he really he, – he's around. Okay. Um, you know, he's been doing his ESPN stuff, but he comes back to Indianapolis a yeah. lot. I saw him at a golf outing a couple of months ago. I'm not sure I, – I, I haven't gotten clarity if there was an, an official role that he had prior to this, specifically this year. But it, it's not like, um, you know, he's not playing in 2012. It's not like he disappeared off the face of the earth for 10 years. He was around. Right. Um, and that name is familiar, and that face is being shown. But I, I don't think anybody would have expected that he'd be named the head coach of this team. No, no, not at all. Again, Derek Schultz is our guest talking all things Colts right now. So uh, Jeff Saturday is the interim head coach. What message does that send to the players in the locker room? And I think more importantly, the coaches on the staff that, one, have NFL experience, including head coach experience. Yeah, you wonder um, if maybe the fall is softened a little bit by the fact that a lot of the guys on the staff, Reggie Wayne, um, Kevin Malai didn't play with Jeff Saturday, but played against him for many years. Cato June was a teammate of his. Um, have familiarity with him and, and have a close bond with him. So maybe that softens it a little bit. But, I mean, you guys know to a man, if something like this happens and you're, you know, Bubba Patron, there's, they're, special teams coach you're thinking to yourself are, are you guys serious here like <laughs> i'm trying to pay my dues and and you're just gonna just hand him this job i mean i'll take this job so there's got to be some hurt feelings there as far as the players i mean it, the locker room it just can't be any worse um it's it's just a, a really bad situation so I, I don't think that naming saturday necessarily escalates that in a uh, in a negative direction because I, I don't think it can fall out any more than it already has Jim Mercer, he made note to mention that this is this is not, you know, against the Rooney rule when you hire an interim head coach, but he wants to see that this is going to go well in the eight games and then see what happens after that. Is Jeff Saturday, obviously he's the front runner, but do you think that there are anybody else that could be on the coach shortlist of candidates? Anybody, me. I could be on the shortlist, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> yeah, no experience required, right? Right. I, I, look, I, I do not think, and this, I guess, could change, I do not think with where we sit today that Jeff Saturday is a serious candidate to be the full-time head coach of this team in 2023 moving forward. I, like, look, stranger things have happened, right? I mean, yesterday happened, so right. um, nothing would shock me at this point. Um, Sean Payton has Indiana ties and has been talked about, but the Colts can't afford to give up draft compensation to get him. They need that draft compensation. Mm-hmm. they got to fix this roster. Um, and then you kind of look around at some other coordinators or you know anyone that has any sort of, I guess, ties to the franchise and, and you know, honestly, guys, with the way that the last 24 hours have gone, I, I don't think I've even really taken the time to consider what the head coaching search is going to look like because we're still trying to kind of grab our bearings here in Indy about what just happened and, and what has just transpired. So um, I do think they'll do a full search. I'd be really surprised if Jeff Saturday was anything more than the next eight games because I don't think the Colts are going anywhere. Um, you know, if you were asking me the next eight games, the over-under on wins and losses, I'd put it at one and a half. Mm. And if, if that's the case, I, I, I don't think Saturday is, is going to be the guy that ends up getting awarded this full-time job. Well, don't let one of those wins be Sunday. <laughs> don't let Saturday get one on Sunday, because if they do, man, the Raider Nation is going to want to burn the whole thing down. I'm trying to tell you. Go ahead, DeMond. All right, so there's so many questions, and we're running out of time, but <laughs> do we know who's going to be the starting quarterback, and can you give us any information on who's going to be calling the plays? Yeah, Sam Ellinger is going to be the starting quarterback. Um that's a move that they made that you, you can't backtrack now. You can't just throw Matt Ryan in there. Um, once you make that move, you, you got to dig your heels in, and that's what it's going to be. So, and, and Saturday said that in the press conference. So Ellinger's going to be the starter. 
the new play caller is a 30-year-old named Parker uh, Frazier, <laughs> and he he has been on staff for a while as a consultant and a, an offensive, uh, a, a lower-level offensive assistant who has worked his way up. Um, I think he is viewed as a guy that potentially down the line could be a coordinator or maybe even head coach material. But I think, guys, the Colts are taking this situation to say, look, let's just throw caution to the wind. We're, we're throwing Saturday in here. Why not? Let's just take Parks Frazier, throw him in there, and see what he's got. We've got nothing to lose. This team can't be any worse than it is right now. And I think that's kind of their rationale here moving forward. So here you go, uh, uh, interim head coach with zero major collegiate or pro coaching experience and um, you know a 30-year-old that I think just started growing a beard like last year is going to be calling the plays. <laughs> and you're traveling to Las Vegas to face a team that's underwhelming right now, underperforming, just released another former first-round draft pick. And, yeah, man, this is going to be an interesting game on Sunday, to say the least, Derek. We'll, we'll wrap up with this. Jeff Saturday, I, I don't know anything about his coaching style, but I know his style, as you do as well. He's a guy that's going to try to fire everyone up. He, he brings a lot of energy, a lot of juice. I see him on ESPN all the time. What do you expect when, when that team, when the Colts leave the locker room on, on Sunday preparing to take the field against the Raiders, what do you expect that team to kind of look like? You know, I'm, I'm hoping that this will be a little bit of a rallying cry because it's been, it's been embarrassing, um, whether the Colts want to admit it or not, whether their players don't want to admit it or not. Um, that loss to New England was a new low in a season that is full of lows. Um, so I, I do think that they'll get um, – this is kind of a mean way to put it, guys. I think the Colts will have a little bit of a dead cat bounce here where, you know, they kind of temporarily bounce back just slightly. Um, but look, it, it, and I know the Raiders have their own problems. This team can't score. Um, they can't block. They can't protect. They can't run. They can't throw. They, they don't score points. So it's really hard to win NFL games, even when, with offense down across the board. I mean, how many 20-17 to 17 type games have we seen this right, year? Yeah. Even with offense down across the board, this team can't score enough points. They've, they've scored 21 points once this entire season. Once. They're averaging 14 a game. You know, even in the 1960s, 14 a game would put you in last in the league. So it's just, it's not a functional NFL offense right now. And that's what um, gives me a lot of pause thinking that they have a chance in any of these games. I mean, they got the Texans, they've got a terrible Pittsburgh team um, still coming here. So, uh, you know, there, there are going to be, I guess, opportunities for them to um, be the second worst team on the field, I guess. But it, it doesn't feel likely that that's going to happen multiple times. Well, there you go. You heard it right there. Derek Schultz, ISC Sportsnet, uh, Schultz Star Show Podcast. What do you got coming out on the podcast that we need to be on the lookout for? Uh, Greg Doyle, columnist for the Indy Star, is nice. on the podcast. Actually, we just taped it today and, and released it earlier this afternoon. So if you want to check that out, you can go to IndyStar.com slash sports. All right. Well, Derek, it's great to catch up with you, my man. Thanks for making some time. I know it's busy times there in Indy. I appreciate you, and we'll talk soon. Great to hear from you, Q. Thanks, man. All right, brother. There you go. sausage just made. <laughs> You're stupid. Derek Schultz right there, ISC Sportsnet. Good dude. Uh, He's been covering the Colts. Been there in Indy for a long time covering the Colts. He's been my go-to guy for a very long time uh, to talk anything Indianapolis sports and definitely appreciate his time this afternoon. I'll tell you what. What he said that scared the hell out of me. I'll tell you next here on Red Nation Radio 920. It's called a tease. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Just finished talking with Derek Schultz from ISC Sportsnet. IndieSportsStar.com Talking all things Colts A lot of good information he gave us there Talked about the Colts, talked about the mess that they are Talked about why it was necessary To fire Frank Reich Who Jeff Saturday potentially could be But there's one thing he said at the end That scared the hell out of me, DeMond 
scared the hell out of me. And what's that? You asked him about the team in general, and he said that they can't score. He said they've only scored 21 points once. Basically haven't got over 14 points in a long time. So all I'm seeing is red flag after red flag after red flag of, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Because whenever we hear this team can't do this or this team can't do that, what happens? The next team that you see the Raiders play, that happens. 21 points to score, 24 points to score, whatever the case may be. Something that they do. I mean, he was talking about, uh, you know, how low the scoring is, one across the league. But, I mean, really, they can't score. They can't pass. They can't block. I mean, everything he said, they can't do. In my mind, all I'm hearing is, oh, oh, uh uh-oh, uh-oh. Because if all of a sudden, they're able to block... And all of a sudden, what do we, we heard that about what? The Cardinals game? Oh, this is going to, or no, it was a Titans game. It was one of those, like, oh, this is going to be the game that Chandler Jones is going to eat because their blocking is terrible. They got all these guys on the, uh, the... I think that was the Cardinals game. Yeah, one of those games. Oh, this, this team can't do this. Oh, well, this team can't score. Oh, this team can't do that. And it just seems like something happens after something happens. So whenever I hear, I almost wish I hadn't heard that. Because then you start throughout the course of the week, and we haven't even started to deep dive into the team, like just preparing, preparing for the game. We, I just had to get an insight on what was going on with the team in general. When I start hearing about what they can't do, that's when I start thinking, okay, well, the Raiders got to make sure that they, they don't do that. If they can't score, let it be another week that they can't score. You want to hear a little stat? Yes, please. Sam Ellinger does not have a touchdown pass in his NFL career. <sighs> do well, you think the streak is kept alive? That's a good question that we'll ask. We'll <laughs> throw it out there. Can the Raiders keep Sam Ellinger out of the, out of the end zone? I saw him at Texas. I saw him up close to personal. I was telling JT about that earlier today. I saw him at the University of Texas, and he was like the, you know, the second coming of Christ as far as they were concerned. They they loved they loved them some Sam Ellinger, but that's a different ball game, right? That's college. It's the Big Twelve. It's a lot of different things happen. This is the NFL, and he hasn't had that success. He's very raw, but I know that he's gonna. The one thing I know about him is that he's gonna give you everything he's got. He'll leave it out there on the field. I'm not saying that that's gonna be enough to win a game, but man, he hasn't got. Him not throwing a touchdown pass yet and him not having the success and getting sacked nine times last week against the Patriots. The Patriots sacked him nine times. The Raiders don't have nine sacks on the season. Mm. Those are the kind of things that scare me. Did you see the Saints last night? I know this has I nothing did. to do with I did. anything. Yeah, I did. I heard, I heard the, the, the game all game long when everyone kept saying, well, they sure looked good last week against the Raiders. The Raiders' name was brought up more times last night <laughs> than it was brought up, I mean, pretty much all weekend. Unfortunately, on the wrong side of things, you never want to be, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars were looked at as the get right team, right? Now teams are talking about the Raiders like they're the get right team. That's the co- part of the conversation that you don't want to be a part of. Speaking of conversation, let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to Jared in Vegas. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Mm. Just kidding. He hung up. All right. That's all right. A very patient Jared was not par- patient enough. Sorry about that, brother. We'll get to you uh, at some point. Mailman Raider hit us up on the text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Q, do you get a compensatory pick for a wave player? Not sure how that really works. No, you get a compensatory pick for a player you lose in free agency. So a few people hit me up about a compensatory pick for Jonathan Abram. That does not uh, That does not happen. Hey, uh, he Jared Pig has just called back. He called back or you hit the wrong line? No, no, no. He called back. Are you sure? Jared, explain. All right. Hey, what's going on? Tell him your call yeah, dropped. Uh, my, phone, my phone dropped the call. I'm out here driving back from Vegas. I'm in between Searchlight and Vegas, so, you know, a long work day. You know what? I What I would like to see is I would like to see the Raiders show us their why. Why should we be wasting our hard-earned money or contributing our hard-earned money 
as fans. Why should we show up and continue to watch this dribble? Why should we show, you know, why are you on the field? Why did you want to play in the NFL? Because we haven't seen a whole lot of passion. And I think what is reasonable is for the team to go somewhat 500, either four and five, five and four. I know that's stretching it. But at the beginning of the season, we thought this team was capable of far greater things. Yeah. So why, why can't they be at least four and five to finish this season out? Show that you are getting it. Show that something is clicking. Show that you actually have a personal why. And one last thing about Jonathan Abram, I, you know, not sad to see him go because um, it's the nature of the business. He wasn't producing. He hadn't produced the entire time. Um, a message had to be sent. I've been asking for, for some sort of, of something to be sent because, you know, you, can't, you, you get what you tolerate. But you know what I would like to see? Put the 24 on the shelf until someone deserves it. Please. Don't let anyone else touch that unless they deserve it. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you. And, yeah, that was kind of the gift and the curse for him as well, right? He had that number 24. With that number comes high expectations. It's not easy to rock that number and and not be the guy that rocked it before. Or, you know what I mean? And I know that Marshawn Lynch was technically the last one to rock 24 before Abram. But when you see a DB, when you see someone in the secondary wearing 24, you're expecting high – you have high expectations for him. Just like when they had Michael Huff. Remember, Michael Huff was 24. Man, that was high expectations. Didn't work out. Jonathan Abram, 24. High expectations. Didn't work out. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a gift and a curse, man. I always said when I was playing basketball, I never wanted to wear 23 because I felt like the pressure was too high. I don't want to have that kind of pressure. When you see those numbers, there's certain people that you automatically think of. I never wanted that. Give me six. Give me nine. Yeah, give me a number that's – you know, and give me that number that's not that cool because whatever. I'll, I'll rather make a number cool than have a number that's already established and you have expectations. Whenever you see – honestly, DeMond, we'll take a break after that. Whenever you see in your – so long of a hoop career. Whenever you see someone wearing the number 23, what do you think about that player? He got to be the best player on the team. Exactly right. Too much pressure. I don't want it. That's what goes on when you see a Raiders secondary member with 24. They're going to be that guy. 257 is the time. When we come back, we kick off hour number two of the show. John McClain will join the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.